House of Roll presents a life well-crafted. Five iconic luxury brands sharing the spotlight in one lavish house of brands. Roll, Riavel, Perrin and Rowe, Victoria and Albert, and Shaw's. To discover the full scope of design possibilities for your kitchen and bath, look no further than House of Roll. Reimagine your own setting at houseofroll.com. Hey guys, how you doing? JP Sarikolia here, and I hope you're having a fantastic, fantastic day. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to this episode this week. And uh, I want to apologize first because the last two weeks we didn't have an episode. And it's because, um, as many of you know, as I mentioned before, I started working and it's been crazy. I've been, uh, my job definitely went full force. In these last two weeks, we've been really slammed doing a lot of things. Um, prior to that, we were in preparation to this. Now we have the grand opening of our our business and location, all of that. So it's been, it's been busy, thank God, because, you know, work is good. And I've been busy contacting, visiting, dealing with clients and, you know, potential clients, all of that. So it's been amazing in that end. I thank God for that. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. So I've been working a lot of hours, you know, working six days a week, really trying to get all this done ready. And, uh, but we're, we're getting there. We're moving forward. So I didn't get a chance to uh, record an episode on the last two weeks. Uh, last week, I had the potential of the possibility of doing it, but because of um, San Diego Con, well, not San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> SciShow Con, uh, which is technically almost pretty much during the same time, um, SciShow Con uh, was the big deal, and everyone was talking about it. I also talk about it in, the, in my main channel, JPSR Reviews. I cover some of that. I talk about my impressions. I had a live stream, all of that. If you haven't watched that video, you can watch it. It was three hours, but you can always go and use the timestamps if you're only interested on particular uh, a particular collectible uh, because we cover everything that was up pretty much during the week except the weekend. And, and it was fun, you know, being able to share my, my views uh, in life with other people, answering questions. So you can always access that video on my YouTube channel, JPSI Reviews. And also... I have share, you know, my my thoughts in regards to it. Um, and at the end, my final thoughts and all of that. But it's been interesting and it's been crazy. And I've been having a lot of ideas in regards to what to talk about. And actually, to be honest, that you know, just to give you some insight, I did record a podcast, an episode uh, for you know, like in this, because not last week, but the previous week. Uh, that it was in regards to collectibles. I wanted to talk about a particular subject that I think is extremely important in regards to scamming and scammers and a lot of things that are happening in the collectible world that there's a lot of it, you know, and I wanted to cover the basis, particularly for people that that are getting into the hobby and they don't really know much about it. And there's a lot of things here that you have to watch out for. So, but I, I recorded that, but unfortunately, I was so tired because of that first week of work that when I try to edit the video by, I didn't even realize it. I deleted that video. I deleted the recording and I was unable to save it because it was a really large file. So I was un unable to save it or to recover it. So ultimately I said, you know what? I'm going to have to record it again. And I didn't get the chance to do it, but we'll get to it because I really want to talk about that. So stay tuned for that episode. I'm not sure if it's going to happen next week, but I know that very soon we'll, we'll cover that. I want to share that because I feel that a lot of people, they, they kind of need to know. Um, so that way you save yourself from trouble uh, because there's a lot of things. There are a lot of bad experiences. And it seems that nowadays there's a lot of scammers uh, pretty much 
around and it's definitely something that is getting out of control so we need to kind of watch out for that so i'll share that maybe next week or maybe in a couple of weeks but today um, i want to talk about something that in reality started with me and i've been thinking about it for quite some time and maybe you already know this because of the title you know the return of the comeback of the one six uh scale and i want to clarify this i'm not talking about action figures because sometimes when you mention uh, about uh, scales when you say you know one fourth or a quarter scale and then you say one six scale most people assume a lot of people assume that you're talking about action figures well i'm not talking about action figures i know that a lot of people they they, they think when they think about the one six scale that's why they think hot toys and stuff like that but that's not the case this podcast today is going to center around statues around not only the one six scale but also the bowen scale that could be between one eight to one seven so I'm going to talk about this particular scale that for the most part has been called 1-6, even though it's not always 1-6, but it's everything in between. What we call in, in Statue Forum, uh, we, we pretty much name it as the medium scale, uh, the medium size scale. So we're going to talk about the medium size scale, the 1-6 scale, because it's making a comeback uh, in the statue world. And it is really great news because a lot of companies are bringing this back. Uh, and it seems that it's it's something that is going to take off again and that's good and we have to be prepared for that we have to know and i want to share that because these are exciting news for a lot of collectors that not necessarily are crazy about quarter scale or one-third scale or half scale because they're not don't have the space for such big statues and also uh, because you know they prefer something smaller something also more affordable there are a lot of more there are options out there but unfortunately we have really a bad time the last, I would say, the past five years has been really a struggle to trying to keep up with it because, you know, there were a lot of, a lot of things that happened in the last five years. And I want to cover that today. I want to talk about it. So if you're a collector of the 1-6 or you're thinking about getting into the 1-6 scale statues, uh, you're considering the Bowen scale, you're considering Kotobuki and all these companies, then definitely it's a good time to really start considering and paying attention because definitely there's a lot of things coming our way. So I want to talk about it today. Now, before we get into the conversation, I want to set the foundation here because I know a lot of people, the collectible world has changed. I know that a lot of people even follow and listen to this podcast. They haven't been collecting statues for a long time. Uh, but I got to give you some insight into the collectibles world so that way you know what we're dealing with and why is it such a big news about having the 1-6 scale back. Well, the statue world started always you know started many years ago you can say in the 90s you know with companies i would i will tell you mcfarland toys was one of the first companies that started doing a, really catering into the collectibles mark market for an older audience uh not only because the toys of course mcfarland toys went into that route of creating toys that were for not necessarily for kids but for those that were seeing this as a collectible items, you know, because of course he was the first one that was doing the serial numbers, you know, you, you got these boxes, you know, you have the numeric things and he was doing it. Definitely. He was going all out and it, it, it also changed the way the collectors and the, that a lot of people were perceiving toys. So McFarlane Toys was at the beginning on the start of that on the, in this case on the action figure side, but on the, in the statue side, we have to name Randy Bowen, as the person that really started that craze into the collectibles, into the statues with the minibus and the full-size statues on what was known as the, in this case, the Bowen scale, uh, that really, really took off and really built the foundation for what later would become other companies will come and take as an opportunity and they will run with it like SciShow collectibles. But Bowen Designs was already doing stuff. 
And Boeing started where really they, it was founded in 1992. And when uh, Randy got the marble license, of course, it was history in the making. There were a lot of stuff that was done over the years, a lot of statues, a lot of minibus. It was a craze, people trading. Uh, it, it was a time where even the minibus were really hot items where you were looking for particular bus and others, and they were running in really in the high prices. Nowadays, you can find a lot of these minibus everywhere for nothing. But back in the day, people were trading this for a lot of money. And there's still some bus that are hard to come by, and they're still expensive and considered collectible items. And some are grails. Uh, for those who were collecting that and they don't have those in their collection so it was a really interesting crazy time and you know then of course Boeing was deaf when you were thinking about the particular scales everyone thought about uh they were thinking about the Boeing scale which was in many ways a one eight then one seven then one six there's always this differences in regards to scale because Boeing never really sold one six scale everything was smaller than one six and there were other companies, particularly Kotovukiya, that also started doing a lot of Marvel stuff. Uh, there were the fine art statue line. They had uh, different sculptors prior to. They had Restore, for example. He was doing some work before. Uh, in this case, Eric Sosa took over as in charge of the the art. So during those years, of course, you know they they were considered. We call it one six scale, but it was never true one six scale. They were still smaller. They're technically one seven. They, when you look at the fine art statue line. From those years, they were actually 1.7. That makes Boeing 1.8. And the real 1.6 scale statues are what we are seeing nowadays from companies like XM Studios or Twitterhead. They're true 1.6 scale, so they're a lot larger. But there was an audience, and people loved it. And you were always mix-matching things. Like, I, it, my channel really started, you know, when, when you look at my videos. Uh, I started making some music videos on my main channel, JPSR Reviews. But then, of course, I went into review statues. I started with Bowen Designs and Kotovukiya. Those were the things that I was talking about. You know, there was not really a big market back then. There were a couple reviewers in YouTube that were doing stuff prior to me. I'm probably one of the oldest now. If when I look at it, I'm actually one of the oldest still talking about statues uh, from that era, from that time. You know, talking about people like Statue Hunter 75, uh, you know, Averon 07, you know, Alcacel, people that were doing a lot of a lot of stuff. They were talking about Saisha, but also we were talking about Bowen. And they were covering a lot of stuff, uh, Kotovukiya and all of that. So I came on the aftermath. I started, uh, at the, you know, it was at the same time, I think Lou, you know, rest in peace now. Um, and also, I think, um, you know, who else? I, there were other people that were, they started in the aftermath. Uh, I think I started prior to even Rat Titan before they went and started doing their stuff a couple months prior to them. It was a different time, you know, like they, it was a, a standard. You have these two competitors in the market. You have the Bowen and Kurubukiyas, which were the one six. People call them one six again, but they were not true one six. And then you have the quarter scale stuff. And Saisha was untouchable. You know, we also have PCS doing quarter scale stuff. You know, DC collectibles was always somewhere in between. Also doing the dioramas, the 110. So that was it. There were not really that many. There were companies out there doing some stuff. But those were the main companies that you were thinking about. Diamond Select also was producing small, small stuff. But in the in the cheaper side, all of that. So it was it was not complicated. You know, the companies were doing some stuff. There was not much stuff happening in the world. But things change really changed and i will tell you this i remember the time when and we can go back now that we're celebrating what the eighth anniversary or the ninth anniversary of prime one uh, prime one studio when prime one studio was introduced and they were introduced in the market at the same time of xm studios they came up pretty much at the same time xm studios was the alternative for uh, of scishow and they introduced you know quarter scale pieces but they were going all out with the bases the bases were huge 
And sometimes, you know, some of these boxes, they were super huge. And not only that, you have to get two boxes. The first, I think the first time I saw somebody doing two boxes or something, something delivering two boxes, you're talking about, you know, in this case, Prime 1 Studio with the original uh, Transformers stuff. And the rest is history. Once that happened eight years ago, I remember it was totally different. It was totally new. Uh, I was that during that time I was leading the, the reviewing team at uh, Statue Forum. And we did the, their first, um, in this case, awards. And Chris Bales was actually the one directing everything. It was his idea. And we run with it and we work with it. Uh, but I help him out. We help, help him out to really set everything and set the stuff. And we even set the, the categories and all of that. Of course, now it's called Be Muda Reviews. Um, Chris, a great guy to, to work with, a great friend as well. So we set everything. And uh, we work on it. And of course, it was surprising the way that people reacted to. I remember when, when that year, when Magneto won the large scale, which in this case was the quarter scale, and also we considered one fifth scale there. And then, of course, Prime One won the X large scale with the Transformers. And of course, at the end, it was uh, Prime One to have the statue of the year. It was amazing. But it was, you know, I was not even expecting personally. I even I remember before even the event, I was thinking that it would be unfair for these companies to compete with SciShow. Uh, we talking privately many times uh, because I thought there is not going to happen. I don't think these companies are going to win um, because SciShow has so much follow. But that year was really terrible for SciShow. They were dealing with a lot of problems with QC. And ultimately, the community sent a message through all of this saying, we're not going to stand by this. You need to change your ways. You need to change the way you're approaching uh, quality control. And they gave the win to these other two companies. That was it. That was the beginning of it all, the end of it all, however, however you want to call it. But it changed everything to the point that the companies were start going, you know, go large or go home. Everyone was bringing big stuff led by, of course, Prime One Studio, XM Studios with the extra large, amazing looking bases with all craziness and switch out parts. And definitely it's been amazing. You know, it's been on the last eight years, I've seen this industry go from the smaller scale into something bigger. But one thing that also happened five years ago, over five, six years ago, that really changed things and it changed the perception of the industry, of course, was the departure of Bowen Designs as a company. And everything started, unfortunately, uh, through a personal situation that Bowen was dealing with, some situations uh, through his divorce. He was going through a divorce. His wife, and in this case, and him uh, were pretty much uh, partners in this in the company they were they I, I suppose they share ownership and all of that ultimately they have to go through court all of that that was things that there's always been a speculation you know randy has always been very private about it but that was one of the main reasons why he was unable to continue on uh into because i remember it it was like six seven years ago it was about we were waiting for, what was that the third phase the fourth phase um so we were waiting for new stuff that was already on the works, work in progress. Ultimately, there was a, a silence for months and nobody knew exactly. People were asking, nobody knew. Uh, we were going to, the only way to really communicate during those uh, during that time with Randy was through Statue Marvels forum that no longer exists. And, uh, you know, there was a, a big silence. You couldn't hear anything until, of course, it was revealed that he was going, dealing with that. He had an announcement to, uh, in this case through social media, particularly you have to go to Statue Marvels. He had a, you know, he had to share that he was going through that. So that was the end for, in this case, for, um, for Bowen Designs at that moment and the way we knew uh, Bowen Designs. And of course we had Rocky Vaults, uh, which was technically the company selling everything they have and still in stock. 
for great prices. It was a crazy time. You were able to find a lot of good items, you know, uh, you know, in this case, APs and all kind of things and signed pieces by Randy. It was good. It was good because I'm telling you during those years, because the sale was only in the United States, but that when that happened, when Rocky's vault was there and people were buying stuff, I was buying a lot of stuff because I was buying stuff for other people. And I was buying also for other people outside of the country that weren't able to do anything to do the deal. So they were asking me and you know, a lot of friends, you know, from Asia, from Singapore, from Europe saying, can you get this for me? And of course we do the transfer. They'll send me the money. I'll do the sale. I ship it to them, all of that, because it was the greatest deal. I, I sent stuff to Brazil. I sent stuff to Italy. I sent stuff to Singapore. I sent stuff everywhere. I'm telling you, I think I even sent something to Australia. I, I, you know, it was crazy. I was doing a lot of stuff, a lot of favors, a lot of people. But because it was the deals were great and people were getting a lot of stuff. But the moment that they pretty much Boeing kind of disappear, it's like it, it felt like the there was like a big, uh, big, we have to go through a desert. You have to go through a drought where there was nothing happening because, you know, of course, without now Boeing without the picture, which was technically the company that was producing a lot of stuff on pretty much on a monthly basis, we're getting pre-orders all the time. What was left was Kotobuki, and Kotobuki was never really the type of company that was producing a lot of stuff anyway. They were producing and releasing maybe one thing every quarter. But also Kotobuki was going through changes, which at this point, nobody really knows what happened with Kotobuki. There were, the amount of releases were less and less and less. And of course, you know, that time, uh, it got to the point that ultimately, uh, and this we don't know, we don't know exactly what happened, but Eric Sosa left the company. And it was it, you know, there was nothing for a long time. So that was happening. We're talking about a period of five years. It's been five years since then. And, and going back to the Bowen designs, it, it, one of the things that happened in his final divorce, one of the decisions that was taken by the judge is that he couldn't use the Bowen designs name or he couldn't run the business for five years. You have to wait five years until he was able to reuse the name. Of course, again, because there were partners, all of that. That was what, 2000. I think I wrote it down here, but you're looking about 2016. That was 2016. So technically, the final, the time that he needed away, the time period, was what the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021. So that means that that's over. That means that now Randy Bowen can return if he wants to, can use the name Bowen Designs if he wants to. He's been asked in the last five years. I, the last I had seen, and I I've seen some videos. Also, I have heard some podcasts and some interviews. I've read some of the stuff that when he's been interviewed. Every time there's something about Randy, I follow because I want to hear his what he has to say. And, and you know, he has thought about it. He has really taken the time. It really has been a vacation for him. And uh, we don't really know if he's coming back. Also, he's going through a lot of struggles. The, the Bowen family also suffered the loss of his ex-wife now, uh, who passed away recently. Uh, and it's been very quiet. You know, only friends know about this. And, and it's been really difficult for the family. So I think that it's, you know, to know, it, to really speculate when he's coming back, or if he's coming back, it's just hard to tell. But the truth of the matter is that Randy, if he wanted to, he can come back. And now, of course, he can reuse the name because technically Bowen Designs as a company, the name never went away. He still owns Bowen Designs. He's still the owner. He still can carry the name. It's his name after all. So he can come back. But of course, he's been really taking the time. He's been doing some stuff. He's been visiting, of course, last year because we were everything with COVID was closed, but he was visiting some conventions. He was doing some some seminaries, stuff like that, some training, some monster stuff, things like that. He was doing a couple of things. He's been busy. And he's also in social media, you know, on Facebook. Sometimes he's participating in some Facebook groups and stuff like that, which is rare, but he is there. Uh, so we know he's okay. At some point, we also have Gentle Giant producing one six stuff. 
uh, particularly the motorcycle stuff. You know, we have the Captain America. We have the Ghost Rider that I review in this in my channel <laughs> many moons ago. So they were doing some stuff, the Hawkeye, but also they got the mini buzz of Marvel. But Gentle Giant also in those five years went in through really a situation where we didn't know if the company will survive until it was purchased by Diamond Select Toys, which was a fantastic stuff. Fantastic news. And of course, little by little, Diamond Select has been taken over, pushing the company forward with Gentle Giant. We're, you know, But it was a time where we didn't know the status of a lot of things. We didn't know if the 1-6 will survive or this, the collectibles that we're producing for that medium scale would survive. Um, and also, one of the biggest things that happened in the last five, five years that really have killed a lot of the uh, aspirations and also had made things more difficult for a lot of us has been, of course, the closure of DC Collectibles. DC Direct that happened last year or early this year. No, early this year, last year. I, I, I don't remember now. But, they, you know, it was closed. They tell we closed in shop and, you know, and it's gone. You know, Gene Flesher, who is a fantastic guy that was running the, the play, you know, in this case, the company, oh, that part of the company for a long time, he was gone. And so many artists and so many projects and they were doing the designer series, all of that pretty much put on hold. And there were a lot of projects that were canceled. So definitely it was a scary time. You know, it got to the point, And really, we need to think about this. It's gotten to a point that, you know, everything that we see on a daily basis, and I talk about collectibles all the time here, of course, in, in my main channel, every week there are releases from a lot of companies. A lot of things have, you know, are coming out. But the vast majority of the companies are doing quarter scale or they're doing one-third scale you know, or half scale. You know, we get to see that. Or right now, for example, Iron Studios, they've been doing, they've been the kings of the 110. They've been doing 110 for everything. They have so many licenses, the 110 is good. And as much as I love the 110, I think it's a great price, uh, very affordable. It's a really nice scale. I've never been necessarily a 110 scale collector. I always loved the 116 because it was perfect, the perfect scale for me. It was not too big, not too small. It was just the perfect scale. Although in many ways, I would say that 110 fits better for me because scale-wise, because of my space, all of that. Also, I think it's better onto the, to, to, in this case, to my wallet. But I love the 1.6. And as, after you've been collecting 1.6, it's like, now what am I supposed to do with the stuff that I still have? Do I have to get rid of it now to go to the 110? So I felt, you know what, I'm just going to stick to it. You know, I'm just going to, for a time I was thinking, I'm just going to go back and take some of the stuff because, of course, over the years, you trade stuff, you sell stuff, all of that. Just get some of the stuff that I, I you know, I sold in the past, get it back. Also, I thought about maybe getting some of the pieces that I always wanted and I never got the chance to get. So I'm thinking that I can work with that. I can work with the stuff, whatever is limited. I don't have to really be crazy about other things. And I was eyeballing some other things here and there. Because I really, up to this point, I don't feel comfortable going bigger than that. I just don't. You know, when I started collecting, when I came back to collectibles back in 2000, what, 2008, 2009, or 2007, I remember, I think 2000, between 2007 and 2008, I came back to collectibles. I'm telling you, I was, at that moment, you know, I remember that I started with SciShow again. You know, PCS and SciShow, I was doing that. But it, it was too big for me. And at some point, I would say, you know what, I need to kind of move on. And they started going into the Bowen and into the Kotobukiya stuff. And, and, and I found it to be the perfect scale for me. And it also, you know, I was collecting. I had some, you know, 110 scale from DC Collectibles, DC Direct. But I was never, it never really, you know, really, I never gravitate towards it. I never felt that I needed it, that it was the best thing for me. And so I, 1.6 was it. Even though in, I have to clarify this again, because I know some people will try to correct me on this. You know, when I'm talking about 1.6, I'm not talking about the actual scale. I'm talking about the, the this case, the medium scale as a whole, whether it's, whether it's Bowen scale, whether it's Kodobukiya scale, whatever. You know, everything that is in between. 
And I'm telling you, I was like really disappointed, but at the same time I felt, okay, you know, it seems that nobody cares. And I, I heard over the years, in the last five years, I heard a lot of people moving on. A lot of people that they were part of this channel, they, they follow me, they say, I love that you do, I love your videos, but I moved on. You know, I sold all that stuff, now I'm on the one Ford, and I saw many friends moving on into the larger scale because it wasn't like an exodus of people going there because that was the newest thing, the stuff that was coming out, the, the coolest looking things, what everybody's talking about, and sometimes people, they like to gravitate towards that. People follow the, the masses, and that was it, and only a few were left. Kind of holding the Ford. We're holding the Ford. I've been holding the Ford for the past five years thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. And to be honest with you, it was good for me like last two years because I wasn't working, you know, like a, nat a normal job. I was doing the YouTube stuff. And because I wasn't making money, then I have no money to spend and there's no collectibles to cry out, you know, because most of the one six is not there. There's nothing there. So I was like, okay, I can deal with that. No problem. I'm, I talk about the bigger stuff, the smaller stuff. I talk about collectibles, but I don't have to invest on them because ultimately I don't have anything there that really attracts me the most that I feel that I need to add to my collection. But that things is changing. And that's the reason I'm telling you, I feel like things are changing. Now, of course, I, 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 to this point, and of course, we've been talking about the past, but now it's time to talk about what's happening right now, you know, because there are a lot of things they're happening right now in this collectible world. They're really, really amazing. That I feel that there is now we have to be ready for what is to come. I feel that companies are coming back, returning to the one six uh, for many reasons. Why? Because of course the market is changing. The prices are going up. The, 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 in this case, the products are changing. The way things are being handled are changing and companies want to save as much money as they can uh, reduce the cost in order to, to make more profit. At the end of the day, it's all about margins. However, it's important to always keep in mind that producing a 1.6 or 1.4, sometimes it's almost the same. You know, I talk to a lot of people, a lot of producers that have deal with uh, factories and all. And for many of them, they will tell you straight up, it's sometimes it's, it's not that good because if you're if they're going to cost you the same amount of money to produce a 1.4 to 1.6, the difference is so it's small uh, between them to produce one or the other. But you can always put a bigger price tag on a 1.4. Companies are going to go for that you know, instead of a one six, because, you know, there's also a mindset already, a set price in our mind of how much we're going to pay for certain things. Of course, this is the battle right now. This is the dilemma right now with the pricing, but a lot of companies, you know, like people are thinking now when you, when you get to see a lot of the water scale stuff, at least, at least being $700, at least. And if not, it's a thousand dollars or more. And when you look at the third, uh, one third scale that it was $600 back in the day, because I'm telling you the first third scale piece that I remember in the Marvel stuff, um, the first if I'm not mistaken, I was starting to recollect this, and I remember the first one was Hollywood Collectibles. Hollywood Collectibles, uh, what, 2008, 2009, they released when Marvel vs. Capcom, the video game came out. I think it was 2009, something like that, or even probably more than that. They, they came out, they produced uh, two one-third scale pieces, one of Wolverine and one of uh, Ryu. Uh, and that was it. That was the first time I saw one third scale on that. Because prior to that, if you want one third scale, there was one third scale. It's been around for quite some time since the early 2000s. Cinema Kit, the company was doing a lot of stuff for Terminator. They were doing stuff for, in this case, Alien and Predator, all that stuff. You have one third scale pieces there. But it was just like only them, nothing in the Marvel side or the DC side. But of course, you know, Prime One Studio, this, in this case, Hollywood Studios did that. And then Prime One Studio took it, you know, and run with it. And now, of course, they produce so much stuff 
on the Wanter scale, and you see so many producers going into the Wanter scale. It seems to be very popular, has gained momentum, people are in love with it, people love it, but the prices are ridiculous. And that really has pushed a lot of collectors out of the way, particularly collectors that are more concerned about being budget-friendly, uh, and also collectors that have been here the longest, you know, people that have been collecting things because, again, you know, back in the day, Wanter scale was something that it was rare to find. There was nothing there that was Wanter. Everything. If you wanted anything on that particular scale, I remember when I started here, there was not even DC license for one quarter scale. Only DC collectibles was producing uh, a few pieces of, of quarter scale, which in this case were the main characters, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, or Green Lantern. That was, uh, that was about it. Until Saisha took that license of the DC and they produced the first, the Batman PF and all of that. The Wonder Woman PF, the Superman PF, the originals. But there was nothing. There was nobody producing them. So everything was on the, you know, if you want Marvel, they only have the options you have in this case, Saisha, whether it was a one-fifth scale or, or, or a quarter scale. And you have Bowen or Kodobukiya producing the one-six, the one-seven, you know, the Bowen scale stuff. It's amazing to, to realize that we have come a long way in the past five years with everything is super large. It's like we supersize everything. Everything is large and people are unafraid. People see like prices as normal. But, you know, like I'm telling you, the first one third scale, that Wolverine, when he came out, the price was $500, $600. And people were crying for it. Say that was too expensive for it for a one third scale piece. And now a one-third scale at $600 is a, it's a bargain. You're not going to find a one-third scale statue for $600. You're going to find them for what? $1,500, $12, a $1,000. I remember when Prime was doing one-third scale and people were crying out because the prices were $800, $900, $1,000. But now it's $1,500. Now even the one-sixth scale dioramas are $1,000. It's amazing to see where we, how far we have come. So definitely a lot of collectors right now come into a place that is this bubble and collectors are coming to a place where, you know, if you want to keep up with the Jones, you know, you know, you want, you want to keep up with, with the image that you're a collector, then, you know, people have to, you know, pay. Sometimes you, you pay more for your collectibles a year than you pay for your mortgage. So a lot of people are really skeptical about that. I said, you know what, this is now being smart about it. I need to find a solution to it. I need to keep collecting because, you know, I think collectors are a special breed. You love to collect things. You love beautiful things. But you need to find a, a happy medium, a happy ground. So people are turning into looking for something. And companies know that. And they know that they cannot continue selling because ultimately people run out of space and also run out of funds. So you have to present something that is easier for the customer, for the in this case, for potential clientele to look at it and say, you know what, this is something that I can be on board with and there's potential in it for growth. And I feel that that's where they're going. And it seems there's popularity. And I can tell you right now, I was making a list of all the companies right now that are making a comeback and they're working towards going into, again, into that particular scale, into that happy medium. For example, Marvel stuff. If you're a Marvel fan, the companies that you can get Marvel stuff right now, you got Diamond Select Toys. Of course, in, since Claiborne Moore took over as the art director of the company, they've been improving. You know, they, they've been doing a lot of stuff. Some, of course, they also have the PVC stuff, which is in a smaller scale, more like a 1.8, 1.7, more like a Bowen scale. But if you want something bigger, 
then they have a lot of stuff to produce and the prices are excellent. Now you can combine that with any 1-6 collection, any you know Bowen scale collection. They do have that. I will tell you the only thing that I'm not really happy with the Diamond Select Toys, I feel that the quality is improving and it's good, but sometimes some of the statues, they don't have the same scale. So they're all like in different scales. Some are bigger than others. Sometimes I think it has to do with the production and the factories and they want to fix everything into these boxes. So in order, they have to reduce the cost. Sometimes they have to reduce the piece if it's too large for that because that's how the factories charge they charge based on the pretty much on the square footage and all of that not necessarily the scale so they have to know you know they tell you well this is what you're going to to pay for it so that's the that's the situation there but also Kotobukiya, of course you know we have restored doing the stuff that he was doing there's still some stuff that is on pre-order will come out but now we have the kucharic brothers and i mentioned this in my main channel now they are becoming the art directors here they're taking the lead and they already, you know, we already have that cable that is coming. We have a Deadpool that already showcased some of the renderings. Also, just uh, a few days ago, uh, this is the Guchar Brothers, Brian, he's very active on social media. He presented also rendering of, uh, in this case, the Ghost Rider. That's good news. I see. It seems to me that there's potential for Kurobukiya. It seems that Kurobukiya wants to come strong with it. And as we have seen with the previous pieces that have released from Restore, the quality has improved from the stuff that we're doing with Eric Sosa. And that has nothing to do with Eric Sosa. It's not his fault that the quality wasn't that great. But it seems that Kurobukiya is understanding now that it's important to give quality because you know if you're asking for a, a higher price, then you have to match that with the quality. So they're doing that, and that's good. So you know, I feel that, and also these are larger, are more in. in pretty much in line with a, a true one six scale and that's always good so i know some people don't like it because ultimately when they try to match it up with the older one six scale stuff it doesn't match up well but we're looking at true one six scale here and that's good so definitely that's another potential also pcs on SciShowCon they revealed that magneto that is based on the marvel future revolution video game which is a mobile game nobody cares about i don't care about but they also have other products on the pipeline. If you go to the forum, you're going to see that they've been working on some other characters also for Marvel. So this is not going to be the only thing. The only thing that I'm concerned about is the pricing. Uh, they also have two options with the base and one without the big bubble base or whatever, which is fine. You know, the price, but the, if you want the, the big one, it's like $600, $600, which I think is a bit steep for that. But make no mistake, it's a through one six scale. It looks great. I still think that the the one that's called by Eric Sosa for Kotobukiya was better because it's classic Jim Lee, and I love that. Uh, a lot of people have compared that even with the Bowen designs that was done the the last Bowen action uh, Magneto, which is amazing. But I think this is really there. You know, I like the quality. It looks really good. Of course, also Iron Studios did a one six. So you have these options there, you know, and Iron Studios haven't, hasn't done, uh, you know, like uh, Marvel stuff, like since they, are, they they did that Magneto as a 1.6. They haven't done much stuff, but they, I don't know where the license stand right now with them, but I'm sure that they can really tackle it at some point because they do that with DC. So we'll see, but definitely there are options out there. Company, so I feel that in the, the years to come, we're going to see this company is really bringing this stuff. So whether Bowen Designs comes back, which I will hope because Bowen, you know, is a great company, always going to be. And just the name of it is just it's, it's, a, it's legendary to me. But we have, again, Diamond Select, the Kotobukiya, you have the PCS. All these companies really are coming strong and the options are there. Now, on the DC side, you have to consider XM Studios. They've been doing the DC Revert line, and those pieces look amazing. Yeah, they're not that cheap, but they're doing that, plus the David Finch uh, dioramas that look amazing on the DC side. So 
it's really good you know that's another option and not necessarily you have to be tied into like they have with the marvel license they couldn't sell outside of southeast asia they can sell around the world you can go not only through them you can go through spec fiction or any other uh online retailer that does that that ships to different countries you can go through many different routes and definitely the quantity is there it's more on the modern side because that's what they have with the dc rebirth and all that but i feel that the potential is there and they're looking amazing twitter head twitter head is really doing amazing work twitter hit is just um on another level right now i think the bases are getting too big though but uh, that's besides the point i do feel that what they're doing the vision with you know in this david Igo um now of course in in leading the charge and all the the artists are there you have guillermo barbiero who is a phenomenal sculptor i love his stuff also dan Ulrich doing amazing stuff you also have amilcar fung and so many others this is the thing once it, this is a great deal. Once David came to work for um, uh, Twitterhead, it really, really ramped up everything. You know, amped up everything to the point where now, like, I feel that Twitterhead went to having amazing stuff to super amazing stuff. That's just bottom line. I feel that it's beyond what they did before, which was already good. But this is even better than that. To the point that I feel that this piece is one six scale can give the quarter scale a run for the money. Just simple as that. Amazing. They're doing amazing stuff. A lot of this, the DC stuff they have on the pipeline is amazing. Of course, they're doing the one-fifth scale also with it. But definitely for one-six collectors, you know, and this is a one through six, they are looking amazing. And I feel that the, the options there for DC fans. Also, you have Oniri Creations there from France. This company, of course, they did the Superman. And also, they did the Flash based on the art of Jim Lee. I think we, we have to pay attention to Oniri. Uh, I think over time we're going to see more stuff from them. Definitely is they bring in something very refreshing and, and the concepts they have very dynamic. It's a company that is also we need to pay attention. Iron Studios I have done, you know, uh, the dioramas, the 1-6 the dioramas looking amazing, expensive, huge, but 1-6. And that's another thing. Korovukia, Korovukia with the artifacts collection. Like they've been re reissuing, for example, the Batman by Jim Lee that they reissued recently. That's a perfect 1-6 scale. Uh, but also they're doing other things. So their potential there on the on that side is there. Uh, also now, of course, what we know now with McFarland Toys, and I reacted, I, I shared that on my main channel, on McFarland Toys and DC Direct. You know, McFarland Toys pretty much get into disagreement with Warner Brothers uh, products. They are reviving DC Direct. And not only that, they according to that article, they're saying that they're going to bring back the designer series. They're going to bring it back the, uh, in this case, the black and white Batman series. They're bringing the, all the different series that we had before. So people are excited because, you know, there were so many amazing lines over the years and still there, you know, that ultimately they, they stopped because of it. But, you know, McFarlane, it's, 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 he's a genius. When you think about Tuck McFarlane, what he has done, you know, he understands that. I know some people have mentioned that they worry about the pricing going up. And, you know, we have to understand that everything is going up. So it's very likely that prices are going to go up. However, I have followed McFarlane for a long time. I've been a collector of McFarlane stuff for years. And Todd is always, when you have seen their interviews, when you, when you see him, when he's in action, we ask him about questions about collectibles. He's very clear about what he wants. He loves the action figures, but he said he also, you know, sometimes, you know, gets into statues. But one of his concerns about bringing stuff to the masses, but at the same time, at a good price. He, he knows the industry. If there is a person in the industry that understands the industry pretty well, that has a lot of connections, that understands the 
how these wor things work and what people want and how to connect with the, in this case, with the audience, with the fan base, but also at the same time, how to deal with the factories, how to deal with the, the companies, how to deal with the licenses. This is Doc McFarlane. He knows what he's doing. So I know that in my heart, you know, of course, you know, not, I don't have, I cannot guarantee the future, but in my heart, I know that it's going to be taken care of because Todd knows what he's doing. So that's good. It's exciting news. I'm really excited because that means that the Zeta is coming back, at least for me, maybe because I'm, I love it, but I feel that it is the opportunity is there. And not only that, he's talking about also introducing other lines that he's going to direct. So, you know, he, he can go crazy with whatever he wants to do. He's always been there. And hopefully, you know, he brings Jim Fletcher to help him out too. And, and I know that it's going to allow other artists. I have a lot of friends that definitely for them, they, it was, uh, you know, a job. It was part of their job as they were freelancing all the time with DC. And now, you know, it, that was gone. And that's another opportunity for them to work. And that's always good news because we need this artist to be busy doing stuff and doing amazing stuff. So, yeah, the options for that, they're there. And when you're looking at Star Wars, of course, you have to look at Gentle Giant LTD. A lot of one six scale stuff they're doing. Gentle Giant right with Diamond Select, they're doing a lot of stuff for the Mandalorian, for the classic stuff in a one six of course the mini bus lines are really they're pumping those out prices are really good for you know you're talking about you know in this case bus for a hundred dollars 120 if you go through the website but you can go other places and find them for less than a hundred dollars and the statues within the 200 mark i think it's a perfect price and the quality you know it's not the best in the world it doesn't not gonna blow your mind but the quality is there definitely again with clever more leading the way he understands that on the side of Diamond Select Toys, he's not directing Gentle Giant, but Gentle Giant has always been good with the quality. So we understand that that's good. When you think about Lord of the Rings, you know, Lord of the Rings, you always have to consider Weta Workshop. Weta Workshop has been doing amazing stuff. They've been diving into the larger scale, but they're constant. They're constantly producing one six scale pieces as well. And they're doing amazing. I, in this channel, my main channel, I've talked many times about, you know, Weta Workshop, things that they blow my mind, the stuff that they're doing. And on the one six, you know, definitely they steal the kings uh, for, in this case, for you know, for that, for that license. And no one else is there to compete unless you go into action figures like Asmus Toys or any other. If you want to go larger, of course, you have Prime One Studio. But on the one six, you know, definitely you have to look at, in this case, a what a workshop. But when we look at other things, other licenses, when you look at anime and manga, for example, the last five years have been amazing in the sense that we have seen a resurgence and a growth of many different companies from all over Southeast Asia, from China, companies from Korea, uh, you know, companies from everywhere. They're doing amazing stuff, Ama you know, from Malaysia, from Singapore, from Hong Kong, companies that they're doing a lot of stuff, even from Europe, like Sumi Art. Sumi Art has been doing amazing stuff for the one six scale you know they in my opinion one of the most beautiful pieces produced uh, in the anime and the one six scale but you also have prime one studio now diving into the one six stuff like for example what is that the most recent why the full metal alchemist that they just did diorama it's amazing diorama it's so expensive but it's a one six scale and i hope for uh, prime one studio to produce more of those one six scale dioramas revive studio you had infinity studio also doing one six ryu studio kami arts figurama all these companies are doing amazing stuff so when you're looking for draggable c stuff you're looking for you know one piece stuff when you're looking for you know whatever you know so many things out there so many uh franchises from manga anime they're just doing it it's just amazing i'm telling you like the one six in so many ways and now really coming to the end of this episode of this podcast because you know i've heard like a lot of times people were saying the one six scale is dead and again when i'm talking about one six i'm referring to the medium scale i'm referring to anything that is between one seven and 
1A to 1.6. Anything there is to me is a medium scale. People are saying it's dead. Nobody cares about that. You have to go big. You have to go to the quarter scale because that's it. That's the smallest you can go, which is not true. And I feel that, you know, Iron Studios has really taken the mantle of the 110 scale. Everybody loves it. But there are a lot of fans that they don't want to go 110. I understand. Everyone is different. You prefer a scale. That's what, how you start. And that's what you want to continue on. For me, 1.6 is the perfect scale. Again, it's the perfect scale for me. So I'm glad to see this comeback. And I think the companies are realizing the need of it because people are concerned about those things. And of course, as the world is changing, after there's a lot of uncertainty in regards to the markets, uh, production in China, tariffs and all that kind of stuff. So it becomes more expensive to produce in China. So companies are looking for uh, ways to really produce a product that people care about with the highest quality possible to make profits and margins. And I feel that it brings a happy medium for everyone. Everyone can be satisfied. I know that some people that are listening to this, if you have listened up to this point, you might not be a fan of this. You don't want the 1.6. You don't care about it because you didn't start with 1.6. But believe me, there are a lot of people that will love and are waiting patiently for something like this to happen. Of course, we have we we can be optimistic, but at the same time, we have to be, uh, you know, we have to be cautious about it. Because ultimately, you know, there's no certainty of anything. But what I'm looking at right now, and I share this, I've seen all these companies taking, really making the steps towards, you know, really setting themselves within this opportunity. And I feel that that's a good thing. It is good news. And I'm telling you, it is good that there's always possibilities out there. It, not only that, it pushes the artists, it pushes the industry in different ways. As long as this industry is healthy, as long as companies are working and producing products that people are purchasing and people are buying and consuming, uh, and as long as, you know, in this case, artists have employment, you know, painters, designers, sculptors, you know, all the people that are involved in this industry from the marketing side, from the, you know, people that run businesses, all of that, it's good. You know, it means that we can get to see more of this, more art, more Companies pushing the envelope, newer companies also bring competition and also bring more, uh, you know, options because ultimately it's about options. And I believe that now we have more options than ever. But at the same time, I feel that a lot of companies are going crazy with the prices. And at some point, it's, we need to come down to reality. You know, not everybody can go that crazy. And you have to have a product that people can really embrace. And I feel that some companies, like for example, Twitterhead, they're doing a fantastic job by creating amazing looking pieces that are 1.6, but they're not inferior in any way to 1.4. And I know some people will try to will tell you, and I hear all the time, oh, trying to compare one third and Prime One Studio with Twitterhead and trying to say that that's, you know, that's child's play, you know, but they don't see it from the same perspective that we see it. The collectors that have been doing it for this for long. You know, I take every every person's opinion with a, you know, a grain of salt. You know, it depends where it comes from. You know, I know some people have been here the longest and I have great respect for people that have been here that long and that can share the insight based on their experience. And also, I you know, I respect the opinion of those newcomers into the hobby because I do believe that also they bring their energy and their insight. But at the same time, I realized that, you know, without the proper experience, uh, without pretty much the context, 
it's hard to really determine what is good because I've seen people saying, well, whatever is new now is better than what it was in the past. And so that's people even argue to the point of what is a grail and what should be called a grail. And I'll tell you, at the end of the day, art is subjective. You know, we have difference of opinion in regards to the art, but ultimately there are standards that have been set and the foundation that has been set and there are universal unwritten rules that we all follow about what we consider a grail, what we consider best or not. And I'm telling you, the one six scale has been a perennial part of the industry, even in through ups and downs. The Baldwin scale has been a perennial part of the industry and still one that people gravitate because it is really fun to collect. You know, it's really fun to collect. You know, I prefer to collect the smaller stuff because I like to collect every single piece. You know, as a comic book aficionado, as a person that grew up reading comics, I love the obscure characters. I love to have something that represents that. You know, and you can do that with action figures. But to be honest, a statue is on a total different level for me personally. And, you know, a lot of Winter Scale collectors, they might not be as in tune with it, in this case, with comics and stuff like that. So for them, having 10 pieces, that's it. They're happy with their 10, you know, overscale statues in their place. They're just looking at that, the beauty factor or something that when they come home after work, they want to look at it and they want to, you know, you know, take a trip or whatever, you know, to do whatever they need to do and to be, you know, at ease. But to me, it's about the factor of collecting, you know, and adding and actually trading stuff, which is kind of going back to the to comics, you know, going back to when we were used to trade cards. And in so many ways, collecting this smaller pieces was all what it was all about. It was about trading, buying, selling and trading. And I'm telling you, I did my fair share of that with statues uh, until, you know, pretty much Bowen's designs kind of disappear, you know, because of obvious reasons. So I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Definitely, I would love to see again uh, people really talking about Bowen, you know, talking about the the one six scale, talking about the Bowen scale, and getting excited. And it's nice to see, like I'm telling you, with SciShow Con, people were so excited, you know, because of Twitterhead. And to me, that's good news. You know, bring it. You know, I'm happy for it. You know, I I think that it's time. It was about time to start seeing excitement for smaller pieces rather than always people thinking, oh, the you know, the bigger is larger. I even see videos here on YouTube where people are saying like they compare what are the top ten Superman statues or top ten Batman statues, and they're always talking about one third scale or half scale, and they think that's all it is. And I'm telling you, this hobby has been a long time. It's been it was here before Prime One Studio was. It was here before XM Studio. So when you're only considering these pieces and you think the bigger is better, then I'm, you're, you're missing the forest for the trees because it's it's only in perception because companies have done a lot of fantastic stuff on one six. And I'd rather get some one six pieces. There's some one six pieces that I'm telling you, some Boeing scale pieces that blow my mind up to this day. They still blow my mind. You know, yeah, people trying to be technical about it, but they blow my mind because why they represent the moment they came out and the way they pretty much turned the uh, the industry upside down because they were game changers and it's always good they, they were introducing ideas that of course other companies have wrong with those ideas on larger pieces so that's about it you know I'm, I'm excited for that so definitely great news i'm telling you this was a really long podcast almost an hour but it's exciting i'm excited you know i'm really excited you know to to, to see what's happening in the collectibles world is you know you know we still gotta wait and see. Hopefully, it's the perfect storm. Hopefully, it's not just you know you know some noise to the wind. You know, like something that it just gets lost in the way. You know, I, I you know it's nice at least to be excited about something besides just you know the bigger stuff or the super large and super expensive stuff that I cannot afford and that most collectors can't either. So 
it's good to know. But what is your opinion, my friends? What do you think about this, about the news? Are you excited for this company's taking the mantle of Boeing? Are you excited for the idea of the possibility of Randy coming back? Let me know in the comments below if you're watching in YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, you can come to Facebook, to Twitter, Instagram. Let me know what you think about you know today's episode. Uh, let me know what you think about the future of this industry. I would like to hear your opinion. My friends, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And I will talk to you again. Bye-bye.